Amen. Oh, good morning, family. We're going to do our, our lesson today. Let me put this on. We're going to um, jump into our lesson. Enduring in hope is what we're going to be doing all this month, all of March. Except uh, the end of the month, March 26th, we're not going to be here. We're going to have our all-Michigan service in Detroit. Technically in Louisville. Do not 
live out our time here and explore him. But in the, in the passage before this one, the slide before that, he talks about, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you have when you live in ignorance. And so we're, we're kind of dipping into, like, repentance. We're starting to discuss what it means to be holy. But then he goes right here. He says, hey, he who called you is holy, so you have to be holy. Because it is written, be holy because I am holy. And this is a quote from Leviticus. Leviticus 11.45, be holy because I am holy. No flaws. But then that just begs the question. Like, so what does that mean? It's easy for these words to just turn into religious syllables. And even we sung.
essential components of holiness. And I want us to look at them and ask ourselves, like, how are we doing with these things? How am I doing with my personal holiness? And I have this little chart, I guess it's not a chart, but a little graph. There's three components, and then there's the space between these things. And I want us to look at the space between us and God, and then the space between So my first point, I just have two short points for us, is drawing near to God. An essential ingredient of holiness is that we see God, and we're always moving toward God. We have to keep our eyes fixed firmly on our Lord, and be moving in that direction. In that, in that Leviticus scripture about be holy because I'm holy, well this is how it starts. Starts by saying, I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, be holy because I am holy. 
God out of comfort when we think that, oh, if I can get up, drive to work, come, you know, work a job I like, pay the bills, come home, watch TV, if I can do that stuff on a consistent basis, then my life is smooth sailing, then I'm good. I've got nothing I need to be delivered from. I've got nothing that needs, I need to be rescued from. Everything's all good. Some of it is ambition. Like, I have a vision for my life, and I'm, I want it to look like this. And when it doesn't look like that, oh. But that ambition starts to be, you start to think, oh, man, once I get this, the status or the degree or the thing, once I get this thing, then I'll feel like life is, makes good, makes sense, and it's good, and I found my place in the world. We have to understand that there's all of these things fighting for our Priority in our minds, in our hearts. So we have to constantly be synced. Like, I have to ask myself all the time this list, or even there's more, what is the thing that's kind of in the way between me and God? What is the thing that has drawn my heart away from God and said, well, actually, if you do this, then life is good? And it can be
Peter says. So it takes, it takes careful, focused attention to see these things in yourself and go, I need to get rid of that. And if we just assume, like, I don't have that in my heart, we have to be very careful when we assume that, you know, I have none of this living in me. In
but it's going to prove my point. The myth of the cool Christian. When I was a kid growing up in church, man, I knew what was right. I knew, like, there's a right and a wrong, and I need to do what's right and not do what's wrong. And I need to, I read the Bible and I see a certain life and lifestyle. And at the same time,
driving to go there, but I'm dragging like this reputation I have, these friends, and I want, I want it all to stay the same. My fear is that God is going to be like, that's not holy. So we're going to take communion here. that it is about how we are set apart. 